Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. In the Huddle was created to give student-athletes, parents and coaches an inside look at the journey through US college sport and all that comes with it. The demands, the experiences, the excitement and the opportunities available to our student-athletes from around the world. Study and Play USA facilitates a comprehensive, customised approach for student-athletes and families for their whole journey, from their high school preparation years right through to US college graduation. Hi and welcome to this episode of In The Huddle with Study and Play USA. In this episode, we are talking about transitioning. In this case, we talked to US college graduate Kobe Jansen about the transition from high school into college and then uh, life after college for him. Welcome, Kobe. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you. Uh, Kobe, to kick off, uh, mate, fill us in. Where are you and uh, what are you up to? Uh, I am in Stanford, Connecticut. Um, it's a, a small town, just about 45 minutes north of New York City. Uh, so it's a, on the East Coast. Um, and yeah, just dealing with dealing with life, the, the quarantine and everything is a bit over, been a bit more serious over here in America than Australia. So just staying inside and um, doing what we can to stay safe. So yeah. yeah. Right. That's that's good to hear. Um, and and are you, are you able been able to work at all and continue your your, your job in that respect? Uh, we were we've been closed since about middle of March. I think yeah. March sixteenth was my last day of being able to actually be working. Um, and then I started working from home uh, about five or six weeks ago. Right. Um, so that's been good to at least uh, get kind of back into that swing of things where I've got, you know, something to do during the day. So, um, so that's uh, when you say work from home, is that hands-on as in, cause I know your work revolve, you know, revolves um, around um, face-to-face clients. Do you want to just quickly share what your, what your job is? Yeah. So I work for a company's name is Limba. Uh, it's a personalized stretching company. Uh, so we, it's, we work one-on-one with clients, uh, using our own form of our proprietary technique uh, that we see people, we see athletes, we see a lot of guys that work a lot, spend a lot of time sitting at a desk that are having problems with their body. Uh, so we, we go through that and we're restoring function to the body. Uh, so it's, you could, you could say it's kind of like physical therapy, I mean, physiotherapy and chiropractor, but it's, um, it's, it's all hands-on. Um, and it's all stretching based. So it's been, it's great for athletes, great for everybody really. Um, so I, since we closed down, I have not been hands-on at all. Um, so we are hopefully going back in a couple of weeks. Um, but since working from home, I've just been writing, writing content for the company, writing blogs, a lot about tennis, a lot about um, other sports coming up. So uh, that's been keeping me busy. Fantastic, Kobe. That's good to hear. Um, good to hear that you've been busy despite what's going on. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, it sounds very, very interesting. And but you, tell us quickly about your degree. Um, and I know you did some postgrad studies as well. Um, so, so yeah, just for the listeners, what what was your undergrad and, and what was your study beyond 
um, your four years? So I did um, my undergraduate degree in kinesiology um, with a minor in biology. Uh, so that kind of set me, I'm looking at physiotherapy. So that's kind of what I want to do. Um, so that was my degree. Um, it was a lot, the adding the biology kind of gave me one, it was partly to make sure I had all the prerequisite um, classes for the post-grad um, physio courses that are over here. Uh, so it's a little bit different format than in Australia. Yeah. Uh, so um, that was why I added that minor into it. Um, and yeah, so Good. that's what I've been doing. Fantastic. Okay. And um, look, I suppose just, just getting back to the work, I mean, um, a lot of families in Australia and, you know, in other countries that we work with um, will ask us, you know, um, how can my son or daughter make money and, and, and earn money whilst over there? And the answer to that is, well, there are several ways. Um, and so, so for international student athletes can work on campus in any capacity throughout their four year undergraduate uh, degree. But there's another couple of working opportunities off campus, um, which which was usually for post-grad, but it doesn't have to be either, um, for international students as well, that probably very few people realize. And uh, one of them is called the OPT, Optional Practical Training Visa. So that's the OPT visa. Uh, and there's another visa as well. And I know that you've been, you're familiar with both of those. So can you just talk us through those, Kobe, as to how they work and what opportunities they present? Yeah, the, the OPT visa um, is is basically just a 12-month extension of your student visa. So it's you're, you're still on the, the same student visa that you're on when you're um, playing and studying, um, but it allows you to get a job in your field of study uh, for an additional 12 months. And that, uh, that additional time gives you a chance to find a job um, with an employer that could potentially sponsor you for a long-term visa, um, it, which that's much more important for um, people that aren't from Australia, where the, the H-1B visa, which is the big um, expensive visa, is the only option. Uh, but being from Australia, there is a, there's a work visa option called the E-3 visa, which is, it's a getting, being a, getting a visa in America to work, if you're from Australia, it gives you a bit of an advantage just because there's this visa available. Um, and it's, uh, again, it's getting a job in your field of study. So if you're a business major, then getting a job in the business sector. If you're an account accounting major, getting a job as an accountant specifically. Yes. Um, and it's, it's basically a two year visa with the company that you sign with. Um, and, it's not too expensive, and every every two years, if you're if you're with that same company, then you get to re reapply, and as long as you're with the same people, then you should be able to just kind of keep renewing it every two years. Okay. Uh, so being from Australia, it's a it's a good place to be if you're looking to work in America. Yeah, well, look, that's something that we we often say to families. We're very thankfully very well received um, anyway uh, as a as a um, as a country over there. Um, but yeah, this visa sounds like a fantastic opportunity. And how many years are you into that visa for you, Kobe? I'm coming up on a year now. Uh, so I, I officially got the, the E3 visa in September last year. Right. Uh, so that's, 
that's good for two years at a time uh, with that same company. You only catch is if you can't, once you, once you do get that visa, you can't, if you want to switch your job, if you want to get a new job, you have to leave the country and do the whole process again. That's the only catch. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, so to summarize really the OPT, optional practical training visa and this, and this uh, which is open to anyone, any international student from any country um, to extend their four year student visa by another year. Um, and the E3 is more specifically exclusive to Australians as Australian only visa. Uh, visa. Um, and again, both, both of them, you can work anywhere in the country, which is, which is a fantastic thing. So no, thanks for sharing that Kobe, because I think there are some listeners that uh, just probably not aware of that. Um, you know, they may already be in college and not aware of these opportunities. So it's good to know about them now. Um, and certainly for people thinking about going to America, it's something that by graduating from college, it can lead to these other opportunities, which, you know, obviously you're a great example of. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So look today, the main theme, um, you know, aside from, aside from what you're up to and, and this visa, I think this broader issue of transitioning is something that um, I'm reading about a lot and I'm hearing about a lot, whether it's professional athletes post their careers or certainly in our field, when we're helping student athletes prepare for college, there's a big transition um, going to college and then naturally for, for um, student athletes, when they come to the end of their degree, and this is not only for student athletes in America, it's, it's probably students the world over. Um, you know, what, to, what, where now, what do I, what do I want to do? How am I going to use this visa? How do I get a job? Do I want to get a job yet? Um, so there's another transition. So what I, I think talking to you, Kobe, you, you've got a great perspective because you've, you've um, survived one of those transitions and thrived um, in college. So that's a transition out of high school into college. And now you're in that transition period right now when you finish your degree. So, um, what are the biggest adjustments that, you know, if we just go back, I suppose, to when you're in high school, preparing for college, you've made your mind up, you're going to America. What are some of the biggest adjustments you need to make once you arrive in America, do you think? Yeah, it's, it's not easy for anybody. I was only, I was only 17 when I started college. Um, and I know for me, it was, I'd never really been away from my parents for too long, probably not longer than a week at a time. So it wasn't, yeah wasn't easy for me. Um, but I think the big, when I first got over there, I, I kind of thought I knew everything. I thought I was, I thought I was, you know, knew what I was doing. I thought I would make friends easily, all that sort of stuff. And I, it didn't take me very long to realize that I, I wasn't quite as, I think you could say smart as I thought I was. Uh, but if I, I, I got humbled pretty quickly in the first two, three weeks. And as soon as I kind of let my, let my guard down and wanted to really just accept that I had a lot to learn about what it took, the difference between playing college tennis and, and tennis in Australia in juniors, uh, it's a big adjustment. Um, yeah. And just trying to be a sponge, trying to everyone you talk to, the the juniors and seniors on your team, your coaches, your academic advisors, your professors, all that stuff. You just want to kind of be a sponge and take in as much as you can. Um, yep. The quicker some people, like I was, I thought I was pretty lucky. I kind of figured that out quickly in a couple of weeks. I had teammates that, you know, didn't take one as, one as quick, took them 
a semester, took them a year, some. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy for anybody. Um, and I think once you, once you realize that everybody kind of goes through the same sort of experiences and you can, you can come out on the other side and start to thrive. Um, so just don't, don't go in there with a big ego, which is hard when you're a 17 year old kid. Um, you know, most, most athletes that play, I, I mean, I play division one tennis. Uh, so most people that play division one sports are kind of one of the better, one of the better, if not the best player from where they came from. And now you're thrown into a situation where you're training with 10 guys that are probably better than you when you're a freshman. So it's not, it's not an easy adjustment. So just take in as much knowledge as you can early and um, put your ego aside for a little bit, which is not easy. So no, look, yeah, it sounds like, Sounds like me, to be honest. When you when, when I, <laughs> I think think back to when I went to college and yeah, lost my first yeah, eight yeah. matches and you brought straight back down to earth and it was great for me in hindsight. Not at the time though, didn't like that. But um, exactly. you're, you're exactly right. It's a really good and what you said. I obviously we've followed your progress since um, since day one, which has been a joy to watch, really. But um, and you did transition quite quickly and um, you adjusted and. Um, you know, I think there are some good reasons for that, but I still certainly think for myself, I was at least a year before I really settled down. Um, that said, it wasn't a horrible year, but it was a year of, of, of some disappointments. And as I say, my ego took a bit of a battering for the better really in the end. So um, no, that's good advice. Um, I suppose the other big transition you, you have to make when you graduate is, you know, the where to next conversation that you're going to have with yourself and, your parents and your loved ones and all those types of people in your life. So for you, you've taken the option to stay in the U S beyond your four year college tennis experience and your undergrad studies. Um, so obviously you're in Connecticut uh, and, and, you know, coronavirus aside, you, you're doing very well and, and um, had a great experience there so far, but I, how, what are the things that helped you prepare for that transition you know, um, out of college? Yeah, it was, I think the thing that helped me was um, I, it was, again, one of those things that at the time wasn't, it wasn't a good thing, but my, my second year of college, I had, I, I played through the whole season with a shoulder that I needed, I needed surgery on my shoulder and I was in a lot of pain throughout the whole season um, and then kind of came home in the summer, had surgery and had to miss the whole fall of my, of my third year. And that, that process kind of made me realize that I, I didn't want to play tennis after I finished college. Mm. Um, and cause up until that point, I, I'd, I'd had aspirations to maybe try and go pro play on the circuit, um, do that mm. whole thing. Um, and that, that time made me realize that I, I still love tennis. I, I still want to come back and, play my last two years of college really well. Um, but tennis long-term was not going to be my solution. So it, it had, I was forced to kind of think about, all right, what am I going to do next? Um, so I had a couple of years to prepare for it. I, I kind of knew that um, physiotherapy was what I wanted to do. Um, so I, I kind of had, had things that, that I was looking forward to. So my kind of last year of college, I was trying to soak up everything that I had 
you know, it's those times when you realize that you're not going to, you don't get to do this forever. And the, the tedious parts of college all of a sudden become best parts. Um, so it was just that, um, you know, I, the quicker, the quicker you know what you want to do after college, I think the better. Not everyone is going to know that. Um, but, you know, kind of trying to set yourself up and have a plan for what you want to do once college finishes, because, you know, once you, once you finish college, then you're into the, into the real world and things aren't, things aren't quite as easy for you. Um, so wrapping your head around that quick is good. Um, and yeah, it's, it was honestly, a it was, it was a bigger transition for me. I felt than even the original one, just because my kind of my whole life tennis tennis was my whole life from yes. when I first picked up a racket I was nine or ten until I was 22 in co- finishing college and I tennis was all I ever thought about um and all of a sudden it wasn't and um but knowing kind of what I wanted to do I everyone was telling me I'm gonna I'm gonna go crazy not playing tennis um not not picking up a racket every day but I did not that part of it wasn't the problem for me. It was just having a different mindset and taking my kind of competitiveness and putting it towards something else. So mm, um, yeah. that's the big thing, I think. Yeah. So it's a competitiveness that you missed about tennis more than anything, but you, you, you're obviously using that. So you're not, you know, you're not losing that altogether, which is fantastic in a way. Absolutely. Um, yep. um and again, it, it, it sounds like sounds like you know a young twenty-year-old Chris Bates talking. When I hear you speak, too, it's very similar. I mean, I guess, and when, and it's not just us two. I'm sure, I'm sure this is quite common for a lot of people. So, but I think one thing that I hear there from you know in terms of advice for others is that planning is important. Um, um, but I think the other thing which you mentioned, but it may not have been obvious, is just it's. I think there's a bit of a pattern here for you, Kobe, and, and it's not just you. It's again, with so many people where you are now is a product of good and bad things that have happened to you prior. And I think, um, you know, when we look at, you just mentioned your sh- shoulder issue in your second year in college and how um, that helped you probably change and start thinking outside the tennis box a little bit in terms of your future as well. And, um, and it helped you just gain that resilience um to be able to do what you need to do um in whatever you choose in life so but again if i i just think back um you know one of the things we always admired about you um you know is your ability to make the most of your opportunities and learn from your setbacks and and none were bigger in year 12 wasn't it when your school captain of a, of a big school in australia um so you've got a big responsibility there you're a bright kid who's doing well expects to um, do well academically at the end of the year. Uh, you're a budding college player in the process of talking to coaches and then that all came crashing down one day. Do you want to just quickly talk to listeners about what happened to you? Yeah, I, you know, I think it was May of my, of year 12 and, you know, every, that's when everything's kind of start to ramp up on the, on the recruiting side of things. I think we were scheduled to actually shoot our video the next week yes um and it was on a friday afternoon i think we were it was maybe the next weekend we we're actually going to do our video which is a big part of it mm. and warming up 
warming up for tennis, playing basketball and um, jump and all of a sudden come down and something's, something's not right. And, you know, I tore a whole bunch of ligaments in my knee, needed surgery, uh, which kind of, yeah, was couldn't have come at a worse time. Um, threw everything tennis-wise off the track. Um, but again, looking back, it was kind of, it shaped me in a lot of ways because it, it made me develop a lot of other areas of myself, honestly. Um, it, yep. it kind of took me at not being able to play tennis for my whole of year 12. I didn't really have much of a, of a choice other than to focus on school. And that was really good for me, I think, because I kind of tapped into something that I didn't really knew I had, but it was only because I'd, I'd never I've never applied myself to school as hard as I did in that time where I didn't have tennis. Yes. And um, so that was really important for me looking back. And one of the, one of the main reasons that I got recruited in the end to the school that I did was because the coach loved the fact that I was able to bounce back from what happened. Um, he, one of, he, there was starting, it was a newer program. He was a newer coach. He was looking for, people that he saw could be leaders and that's yeah. kind of something that he saw in me uh which you know would not have come about if it wasn't for what happened um and yep. there's a lot of you know you have to have to go through some some tough times to come out on the other side and it kind of shapes you for those moments that really count um yep. so any any negative experience can be turned into a positive as long as you learn from it and try to use it as a chance to grow and you know it was couldn't have, at the time it didn't think I didn't think anything could have been worse than what happened and in the end it turned out to be one of the main reasons that I am where I am today so yeah that's yeah very powerful message I think because um if, we, if we're talking about transitioning and we we've we've acknowledged that that's not easy okay so transitioning is a change and we have to adapt and that's not comfortable um, having an ACL injury is not comfortable. <laughs> um, yeah. um, having these things go wrong is not comfortable. So it's very much about getting out of your comfort zone um, well, in order to be get out of your comfort zone and then find comfort in that new zone. Um, it, it takes time um, and you need, you know, it, the more times you've done it, I suppose, you've had setbacks, the more you're likely to, you know, to be able to thrive when you do get thrust into a new environment. So that's why I think you've been able to do well. I think human nature is to try and avoid those issues and problems and be great if we could, but um, if we look at them as opportunities um, to learn from and to develop, you know, obviously resilience and um, renewed focus and, and all those types of things and find, as you said, find out more things about yourself. Then I think that's probably a really powerful take home message for the listeners. And, and just, I suppose on that note, Kobe, um, you know, I've, I've sort of summarized what you said there a little bit, but um, I, we, we talk about advice and we give advice a lot to student athletes getting ready for college. And when that's, that's our job. And, um, but I think listening to someone like yourself for students, student athletes that are possibly listening or parents of student athletes that are currently in college and maybe approaching the end, um, you know, approaching their graduation, you know, do you have any advice that you'd like to finish off with today for um, those kids? Because I think 
yeah, that, that's maybe the forgotten transition a little bit. Um, so do you have any last minute advice? You know, you did touch on it a little bit, but just to summarize, you know, three or four things that they, they need to, um, you know, be ready for. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because it's um, one of those things that you don't, you don't totally, you don't know what to expect. It's a situation, you know, once you start, like I finished college and started working full time where all of a sudden it's, um, I've got to support myself financially um, in an area that I'm not totally familiar with. Um, but the biggest, I think the biggest thing is just keeping your mind open. One of the, once you finish college, even, even though you finish college, you know, you're not supposed to totally have your life all figured out yet. Yeah. Um, there's, there's plenty of, there's plenty of time to, to grow and get yourself sorted out. So, you know, I've, I'm now living in an area that a fairly high economic area. It's, it's, I, I'm living in a place that's fairly expensive place to live. I could have chosen areas that were, um, much cheaper places to live, but it's, you know, I'm using this time to really try to, you know, find out exactly who I am outside of my tennis days. You know, I'm still not, I'm not that far removed from it. I'm, I'm two years removed. So I've still got a lot to learn about myself. Um, and you are one of the other things that's a big advantage of being a college athlete and that is international is that it's, it's a door, a door will always be open for you because of that pathway you took. Um, if you, you bring that, you bring up in conversation that you were a college, a division one college athlete or even just college athlete anywhere, people are all of a sudden interested and, and they, they want to know more about you. That's just, a, that just happens everywhere. Um, it's whenever I'm trying to make connections with people, it's always one of the first things I bring up because people are always, especially for an international student, because it's, you have to go through the transition of moving to another country when you're 17 or 18 years old, learn how to do your own laundry, learn how to take care of yourself, mm. have to deal with your own meals, all those little things add up and it makes you grow up pretty quick. Yeah. Um, and it, it is an advantage when you get thrust into kind of the real world um, because you're, you're prepared for it a little better. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't have everything figured out and I'm still 23. I'm still a young guy. Um, and, but it, it took me a while to realize that I'm not supposed to have everything figured out yet. Um, yeah. so, so don't put too much pressure on yourself when you first come out. Things, things are not going to be perfect for anybody. Um, so I, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. Just don't, don't put too much pressure on yourself and you're going to, you're going to learn a lot of things about yourself in the first couple of years of of a new, almost new identity that you have to have. Kobe, that's uh, profound advice, mate. I think very, very, very well said. And, and obviously you're living that right now. So not a, not a better person uh, really to, to learn from if I'm, a, if I'm a young student athlete, in my opinion. So fantastic uh, perspective and really, really appreciate it, Kobe. And um, I can assure you, mate, um, you know, the way we, see you and seeing you from very young age through to now there's way more to you than a tennis player so that is um certainly not your identity that's for sure so 
whatever it does uh, become and what you decide to do, I'm sure you're going to do very well as you are already. So, um, but mate, we're, we're looking forward to catching up with you and um, when you're back down in Australia and hopefully you can uh, stretch me out. I've got a bit tight in my old age myself. So I'd, I'd, I'd love it if you could uh, try and, um, yeah, just, just edge out of some of those uh, <laughs> problems that I've got. That'd be great. That sounds good. That was one of the things learning about starting starting to work there. I'm not very flexible either. So, <laughs> so something everyone can work on. Yeah. No, yeah. but thanks for having me on, Chris. I really appreciate it. No um, worries. No, it's been fantastic, Kobe. Always great to chat. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.